Hey there. Did you know that tensions tend to be highest for blended families when everyone is together? <laughs> Maybe you've noticed that when you've tried to do something fun with the whole family and it didn't go as well as you'd hoped. If you can relate, Maybe you'd like to join us on Thursday, May 16th for an interactive workshop all about navigating the tensions of family time. You'll connect directly with us and other blended couples in a 90-minute Zoom call and work on your own personalized strategy for responding to the challenges of family time in your unique family blend. That's right. You can join us and our community by hopping into Blending Together, where we hold one of these workshops each and every month. So if you'd like direct interaction with us in the context of a supportive group of other blending couples, then the Blending Together community is right where you need to be. Mm -hmm. So scroll all the way to the bottom of the show notes for this episode and click the link to check out the details. We would love to meet you on the 16th for our upcoming Intentionally Blending workshop right inside of the Blending Together community. Mm -hmm. Now, let's get to the episode. Well, hey there. Thanks for joining us today. We've got a very special episode for you along with our friend and step family expert, Ron Deal. Mm -hmm. It's always a privilege to connect with Ron and glean wisdom from him. And while our focus of the conversation is on Ron's new book called Preparing to Blend, which is amazing, there are some great nuggets of wisdom here that will help you no matter what stage of the blending journey that you might be in. All right, well, let's hop into our conversation with Ron just on the other side of the intro. And while we get started, don't forget to hit subscribe or follow wherever you might be listening and take a moment to leave a rating and a review. We so appreciate hearing from you. Welcome to the Blended Family Coaching Show, where you'll discover how to move your stepfamily from just surviving to truly thriving. Grab your headphones and listen in as we share practical, real-life strategies for building healthy bonds. Understanding the kids' perspective. Romance and partnership. Parenting with great teamwork. And yes, even co-parenting with a difficult ex. We're Mike and Kim Anderson, and we believe with the right tools, every step couple can overcome the common challenges of stepfamily life. Join us for authentic and sometimes comical conversations to discover how you can lead your family with confidence and create the future you really want. Well, hey, Ron, welcome back to the Blended Family Coaching yes. Show. We're so excited that you're here. Mm -hmm. Kim, Mike, thank you for having me. Uh, you know, I love you guys, love your work and what you're doing for families. And so it's an honor to be with you. Thank you for those kind words, Ron. Well, hey, we are so excited to hear that you are uh, launching a new mm -hmm. book. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm wondering if maybe you could tell us a little bit about what that is. Yeah. Yeah, book number nine from me. Wow. Um, number 15, actually, in the Smart Step Family series of books with other cool. authors that have combined, is called Preparing to Blend. You know, a few yeah. years ago, I released a book called Dating and the Single Parent, which mm -hmm. really took somebody from just beginning to date or even thinking about dating all the way through the dating experience up until a decision to get married then it kind of dropped them off and said, good luck with all that. And <laughs> it wasn't quite that bad. But, but you know, now that you're engaged, well, now what do you do to get ready for the wedding? Not right. just for you as a couple, but as a family. So Preparing right. to Blend is the companion book. Now, it, it's taking seriously dating or engaged couples through the process of saying, all right, let's not just plan for a wedding. Let's figure out how we're going to be a family. And here was my goal. And this is pretty High-level goal. Okay. I didn't want to just give people information. I wanted mm -hmm. to help them do some things that would actually increase their momentum toward becoming a family, even mm -hmm. before the wedding took place. Not just the couple, but including the kids, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. That's where we kind of went sideways. Most premarital counseling is only with the couple. I wanted to do right. something that would include the children and help everybody increase their momentum towards being a family. Uh, That's awesome, Ron. Yeah, as as people who only work with the couples, and, but we know uh, the mm -hmm. challenges and the pain that the kids might feel. And I'm a, a product of a blended family. I was a, mm -hmm. uh, grew up in a blended family, and, and I know how how painful it can be for kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Well, the book is fantastic. It is. Yeah. Thank you for sharing Mm -hmm. it with us. It's it's great. You know, I I wonder, um, what's the, the benefit? Maybe talk a little bit more about the benefit of preparing, Mm -hmm. uh, doing this premarital preparation. Right. You know, I really think there's, I've I've just come to call it a premarital gap for Mm pre-blended family couples. I mean, look, the research is really clear. Somebody who goes, a couple who goes through premarital counseling, two things research is very clear about. Number one, the quality of their relationship goes up at least 30% on most of the level scales, communication, managing conflict, overall sense of intimacy and togetherness and how they share values, 30% increase just from the premarital counseling. And the long-term effect is it lowers their risk of divorce by 31% over time. Like wow. it's a no brainer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you want to give yourself a running start into right. your marriage, premarital counseling works. But here's the catch right. 75% of pre step family couples don't get any premarital counseling, wow. don't wow. even read a book, don't even have a conversation with a marriage mentor or a couple that's married and a few years ahead of them. Do nothing. 75% do nothing. They lose out. Wow. On the yeah. opportunity to grow yeah. and enhance and strengthen their relationship and get ready to be a family. They really do. Yeah, for sure. Why do you think that is, Ron? What's your take on that? You know, I don't know. Have you guys seen the meme that says <laughs> the brain? It's an amazing thing. It works 24-7 <laughs> from the moment you're conceived until you fall in love. you know uh, there's something to that right i mean we sort Mm -hmm. of get (laughs) you know completely overwhelmed by this person and this feeling and this thing and this thought of being married and together and romance and it's going to be great and and we sort of say yeah because it feels right it's got to be right and we don't really have to work at this yeah yeah And that's just not life. I want to throw something by you guys Mm because, you know, we we think and talk and write and speak to people about about blended family living. And, Mm -hmm. you know, isn't there a part of you that would think, okay, but yeah, Ron, but somebody who has been through a first marriage kind of discovered, hey, take some work. You got to work at your relationship. Oh, and then they experience a divorce. Death of a spouse, like something bad happened and they've been through hard, they're going to know better the next time around. They're not going (laughs) to have the same naivete when it comes to forming a new relationship. Mm. You would think they would be almost really vigorous in making sure. And to some degree, we find that that's true of some couples in some ways, but in other ways, Kim, to your question, it's sort of like, yeah, but I love him or her, and yeah. it's just going to work out. Like, we kind of go back to stop thinking <laughs> anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Has I'm that been your experience so, working with couples? Uh, well, <laughs> I, I'm actually thinking really personally, not just working with couples, but in our own journey. Yeah. I'm kind of curious of what that triggered thought process-wise in Kim. Well, I think to some extent, when we were moving towards marriage, I had some blinders. Mm. You know, I didn't want to look at the realities. And it was kind of, let's just throw caution to the wind. Mm -hmm. And Mike is my third husband. So Mm -hmm. you think I would have learned. Um, (laughs) But I did go in with the caveat that you will be willing to do counseling when we hit bumps in the road. I knew that we would hit hit places where we needed help. But yeah, I, you know, I went to your workshop a week before our wedding and um, uh, it was good. It was good. The blinders came off, but (laughs) it was also hard. It was hard to look at those realities. Do you mind if I ask a question? So when the blinders came off at the workshop, was there a part of you that was sort of angry or mad or irritated, you know, at me or just sort of at the reality uh, of... Yeah, the bubble got yeah. burst, and it... the bur- the bubble got burst. Yep, the fantasy was gone. Mike, Mike wasn't nearly as cool as he was the week <laughs> yeah. before that. You you tromped onto that stage with a whole bunch of luggage, baggage. That. Yeah, you're right. And you that. unpacked that baggage, and my jaw was on the floor, literally. Just I don't want to know about this. I want to go in with blissful ignorance. <laughs> But um, looking back with hindsight, I mean, I did, you know, 
but in hindsight, I'm really thankful that, mm, yeah. that Mike drug me to that workshop. You know, I will say this, um, and thank you for your candor, because I don't think you're alone in that. And I also don't think that everybody necessarily chooses to just be blind to everything. I think there's just certain topics, though. For example, I, uh, in my experience, wow. we're working with couples, they've spent some time talking about money or they spent some time talking about, you know, yeah, we're going to have to merge and your kids are going to have to get to know me. And they, they have some general conversations around it. What they don't do is dial down. What they don't do is get real specific. Mm-hmm. Right. And they talk sort of about parenting. I've noticed you do it this way. I do it that way. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then they don't drill further. They don't get into, yeah, but how are we going to do this? Mm. And I think sometimes the reason is they intuitively know, well, this could be a source of conflict. And, hey, we're engaged. We're planning a wedding. We don't have time to have conflict. So it it sort of just gets pushed aside by necessity. You know, the three of us would agree Okay, you can't just push it aside, and it's not a good idea because what happens – I mean, here's a firm belief I have. If you work on this stuff before the wedding, it eases the transition after the wedding. If you wait Mm. until the conflict hits after the wedding Mm -hmm. and you're already living life, doing stuff, now the ante just went up about 100%, and it feels like it's worse than it really is, and now Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's harder to begin to problem solve and figure it out. I really think – if you do the work on the front end with you and kids, mm-hmm. you're so much better off than trying yep. to figure it out later. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you protect yourself from going in unprepared and mm-hmm. stumbling into some relational damage mm-hmm. with the kids. I mean, yeah. we've heard horror stories mm-hmm. of, of things that happen because we just didn't know what we didn't know. Yeah. And yeah. now there's all kinds of regret and kids that are pushing back and it's really tragic. Yeah. Uh, you make a good point. You can't unscramble eggs. Is that how they no. say it? You know, right. so it's so really so hard. much better to 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 nurture those eggs on the front end, you know, mm-hmm. to not break or crack them where then you're trying to put it all back. You can't do that. Yeah. That's so right. prevention it, is worth a pound of cure. Oh, yeah. gosh. For but, sure. but what you just described, Ron, is kind of what we went through because mm-hmm. we did some premarital counseling yeah. and we even did some blended family specific counseling. Mm-hmm. And there was a question on the questionnaire I was just thinking about, about this. <laughs> my parenting of my daughter that mm-hmm. actually led to our first ever argument huh. yeah. around my parenting. Well, well to be fair... Uh, the pastor that was walking us through mm-hmm. this, uh, he said, "Hey, fill out oh. these. Fill, you know, back yeah. back then it was the scantrons. You know, the little yes. bubble sheet. Yeah. Fill right. these out and don't, um, don't and share don't share them your with each answers other. with each okay. other. You bring them back to me. Well, we totally ignored that and <laughs> compared, compared our answers. And you know, it's like a one to five scale. Mm-hmm. And and when there was a, a statement in there that said something like." Um, you know, I I believe that my uh, future spouse is, you know, a, a strong parent or s- has strong, strong parenting, parenting skills, skills, I think mm. is what it said. And I think I put a four instead of a five. Mm. Oh. And Kim did not like that. <laughs> I was highly offended. Absolutely. And, and so I think, you know, it, mm. just in my own personal experience, but also from what we hear from couples, especially when they're on that front end, you, you're battling this blissful love feeling mm-hmm. that puts us into, Hey, love will conquer all. It'll be fine. The Beatles we'll know what they're talking about. You know, love is all you need. Mm-hmm. Um, but also when a serious conversation like that comes up and it sparks an argument and you're like, Whoa, no, we're supposed to be having fun right now planning mm-hmm. our wedding. <laughs> right. Um, right. Then that fear or the awkwardness or the, the disrupting feeling of that tends to make us back off from yeah. those conversations rather than lean in yeah, because uh, yeah. it feels dangerous to the relationship. Yeah. Just like you it, described, we didn't right? go to a deeper level yeah. on that issue. No, we didn't. <laughs> we backed and, way off. Yes. And it's sort of like, oh, we, we got a wedding that's coming and, yeah. and you know, we don't, we can't do this. Yeah. I mean, that's part of it. You, you develop a little inertia as a couple mm-hmm. when you yep. get engaged and set the date. Now, yeah. all of a sudden, it's sort of everything goes by the wayside. We got wedding plans to make, and mm-hmm. we're very tunnel visioned and focused on that. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, I, I think there's room. We're inviting people with this book to mm-hmm. slow down a little bit and, and alongside planning a wedding. 
And by the way, one of the chapters is on planning a wedding and including yes, the yeah. to where that. Where they want to be. Yep. Really um, great. It, it, you know, it becomes a game, game changer in terms of the overall quality of your relationship as husband and wife, but especially in terms of the kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, huh? in hindsight, we should have gone deeper on that oh, issue because yeah. that, oh, of yeah. course, was one of our biggest mm. uh, problems right out of the gate. Parenting, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, Ron, the majority of our uh, listeners, I, I, I believe, have either already signed a lease together or they've walked down the aisle. There's mm. already in the middle of blending, and somebody right now might be going, "Why do I need to listen to this episode? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we're already there." Why do they need to listen to this episode? Because they have friends and family that they care about. (laughs) That's a great answer. And because their pastor, um, I don't know if you guys would say this about your pastor Mm -hmm. who did your premarital counseling, doesn't know what he doesn't know. And you could walk up to him and hand him a copy of the book and say, here is your new pre-blended family program in in a box. I mean, in a book. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, literally, the 10 chapters in this book become 10 sessions. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a free leader's guide. We have a whole website set up, familylife.com slash preparing to blend, where pastors can go and engaged couples can go to get extras, bonus materials, ideas for the wedding, et cetera, and a leader's guide for pastors or leaders who want to make this their premarital program. It coaches you on how to take the book and walk a couple through it. You don't have to have all the answers. Let the book do the teaching, but you be the facilitator of the exercises, the activities, I call them, throughout the book. And Mm -hmm. bam, you've got a premarital program that you've never had before. Right. And it's Absolutely. thorough and comprehensive, and mm-hmm. it really will prepare them. And you just get to come alongside a couple. I, anybody listening right now needs to help their pastor do a better job for the next couple. You've mm-hmm. got friends and people you care about. You can hand them a copy. And who knows? I mean, yeah. God might use you and your story yeah. and your marriage. And you become a, an ad hoc mentor to a couple. Go to dinner right. with them. Talk through right. a few things. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, they're they're in a better place. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, if I could add to that, absolutely. I mean, handing it, handing this or pointing friends, family members, uh, counselors, pastors toward this resource is powerful. And, you know, if you've been married seven, eight, ten years already, uh, there, this book is so packed with questions that you may have never asked yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I love... Um, Gosh, I can't think of, uh, you might be able to think of the author's name, uh, where they talk about beginner's pluck. Uh, mm. She was at the Global Leadership Summit a couple Liz, of years ago. Liz something. Uh, I don't think it's Liz no. Wiseman, it's somebody no. else. In, in, any, in any case, what a great book talking about how do we get back into our beginner's mindset so that we can mm. have a curiosity mm. approach. And, you know, I, I think there's some questions in here that 20 years into our marriage, I'm going, I think Kim and I maybe need to talk about a couple yeah, of those the things. The growing activities, too, yeah. are great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you do bring up a really good point. I, I tell leaders in the uh, leader's guide, hey, if you got a couple, they're just starting premarital, they're getting married in a month, you don't have time to get through all this stuff. Do what you yep. can. And yep. then mm-hmm. keep working with them, you know, even after they're married. I would say the same yeah. thing to anybody listening right now. Yeah. You're in the early seasons. Uh, these activities are deeply practical, very helpful mm-hmm. to move you. And again, many of them include children. You're going to learn things from the kids. You're trying to help mm-hmm. your kids have find their voice in the family and contribute to the family as more of a uh, somebody who's a participant in it rather than somebody who's just on the receiving end of things. Yeah. Everybody's going to get educated in some way. And it's designed to help you move forward with yeah. the, yes. the goal of being a family. That's why you're getting married, right? Right. So I- even if you're in the early seasons of of uh, your blending mm-hmm. process, I, th- I think you can get a lot out of it. Yeah. I think that's that's great. And that kind of leads to another thought that we had that, mm-hmm. that we noticed as we were reading through the book run where you talk about coupleness versus familyness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think you're right. You know, we're so focused early, especially on mm-hmm. our coupleness and how awesome, uh, you know, things are going to be for us as a couple. And sometimes we have this expectation around what that means for the yeah. whole family coming together. Yeah. Can, you, can you talk a little bit about that whole idea of coupleness versus familyness? Yeah, it's just so easy when you're falling in love with a person to think, to compartmentalize 
uh, the relationships. All right, you and I are getting married. We're deciding to till death do us part. That's about you and me. That's coupleness. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids will adjust. They'll come along. Yeah, yeah, yes, we know there will be some hiccups and bumps in the road, um, but we'll figure that out. But what I don't think a lot of people really connect is that the familyness dynamic, the the trying to become family, work together as parent, step parent, kids bonding with step parents and step siblings, that that whole journey has as much to do with the success of your marriage, your coupleness, mm. as your actual coupleness has to do with the success of your coupleness. Uh, In other yeah. words, uh, it, I mean. A friend, a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, Jeff Barziel, said this once, and I will never forget it. He he captured about a you know a thirty minute lecture in one sentence. Mm-hmm. Couples get married because they fall in love with a person, but they divorce because they don't know how to be a family. Mm-hmm. And if we can prevent that on the front end, if I can help you be a family quicker, sooner, yeah. with more precision and less <laughs> conflict. Mm. then your familyness wins and your coupleness wins. Mm. Just because you're married to a person you love does not mean you will be in love with them later when you're arguing over children. Right. That's why, that's why blended family couples divorce at a higher rate. Mm-hmm. So you have to go into it thinking dating and engagement is about two things, not one, coupleness and being a family. you got to be mindful of that. I say the same thing in in the other book I wrote for dating singles called Dating and the Single Parent. Mm-hmm. You know, that gets you as far as engagement. But after that, now how do we keep the momentum rolling as mm-hmm. we're headed towards a wedding? That's what preparing to blend is all about. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's good, Ron. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. It's really so helpful. important to understand that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, one of the things that struck me, I think, you know, we struggled with this in our journey and we, we hear this from lots of couples as well is in the, I think it's in the third chapter, you talk about, uh, expectations, mm-hmm. uh, these yeah. unrealistic Let's... expectations we have going in. And, you know, I've heard it said that all disappointment comes from unmet expectations. Yeah. So if I didn't mm-hmm. expect something in the first place, then what do I have to be disappointed about? Mm-hmm. And so getting our expectations in line and making sure they're realistic and, uh, and all that, it's, I find that to be really important in many areas of life, blended family life included. Yeah. And, and you know, some of our expectations we're not even aware of, yeah. you know, <laughs> Uh, it's, it's sort of like I've never said this out loud, but I guess I always thought you would do such and such yeah, right. exactly. in your role as my spouse or as the parent, you know, step parent to my kids or whatever. Yep. And it's sort of like life then teaches you, oh, yeah, not only did I have that expectation, but it was the wrong expectation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been frustrating you by trying to push our family into making that happen. Right. So. Yeah, I spent have spent a lot of time, spent 30 years working with blended families and kind of consolidating those expectations down to a little list and just mm-hmm. inviting people to look at it and go, "Oh yeah, I never really said that out loud, but I think that's I what I that. assume is going to happen." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, and how now then do I back away from that a little bit? And uh, right. and what's reality and how can we work with reality? Yeah. yeah. How do how do I reset that expectation mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. into something that's going to help us rather than hinder us? So we because, can keep moving forward. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and, and you know, guys, it's not it's not like you have to cancel the expectation. Or right. I think sometimes it's just an adjustment. Maybe the word is recalibrate. You know, mm-hmm. you, you yeah, know, like we that. thought everybody's going to love each other. Oh, well, they will, but not necessarily a in the way that you <laughs> thought, or b in the at the pace at which you pace, thought it would yeah. happen. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, you thought in six months everybody would love each other the same, but really it might be some years before that's true. And right. it also will be true that step brothers and sisters will not necessarily love each other the same way the biological brothers and sisters do. That You can right. love your stepchildren and it's still a little awkward when you hug them. You know, it's not awkward at all when you hug your own kids, but it's still right. a little just we're still working through that. That doesn't mean you don't love them, but it's different. So right. there, there it is. The expectation just needed to be adjusted, recalibrated yeah. in some ways. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if we could dive into just a couple of those. Would that be okay? Yeah, you yeah, bet. A couple, a couple that kind of stood out to us. One of them is 
my relationship with my children won't have to change. Mm. <laughs> you know, here's the truth. Um, w- when you fall in love with somebody and get married, there's less of you to go around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your kids, think about it, single parent, you know, they had you basically exclusively 24-7 for however long it's been since your spouse died or the divorce. They've had you for, let's say, three, four, five, seven, ten years. Mm -hmm. And, hey, mom, was always met with an answer and no delay. And now when you say, (laughs) hey, mom... Mom says, "Yeah, I'll get back to you." Well, what do you mean, right. get back to me? For ten on. years, you didn't have to get back to me. What? <laughs> yep. so something's changing here. The relationship mm-hmm. is changing. Now you still love them, and they still love you. The core of it is not any different, but right. your time and your energy and your availability is dramatically mm-hmm. different. Absolutely. And therefore, you know, you know, kids are always trying to make sense out of that. What? So. Does that mean I'm less important than I used to be? Does that mean uh, you're now showing your love to the, your stepchildren, my step siblings? Because mm-hmm. it seems like you give them answers, and you're you got to get back to me. But you know you're available to them. Right. Uh, who knows how kids make sense of that? Oftentimes, it's not good. Right? It's mm-hmm. the wrong conclusion. Mm-hmm. But here's the point: something's going to have to change. Right. And if you go into this blind and think nothing changes then you aggravate your children inadvertently. Yeah. You aggravate them because they experience the change and it's profound mm-hmm. right? and you don't even notice. Right. Let me give you one other change that I think mm-hmm. um, a lot of people have really never thought about. I do write about this in the book, in the chapter on loss. Yeah. When you're a single parent, you grieve together with your children. Mm. Uh, it's just that we're surviving life, we're getting right. through Yes, we're dealing with de- the death of the parent or whatever the story is. And it's sort of like you and me against the world. We're going to make it together. Hmm. When you then form a new marriage relationship and shift some of your energy to the future rather than mm-hmm. thinking about and dealing with the past, it's sort of like you stop grieving with your kids and they now are left alone to grieve without you. Mm-hmm. And they don't really know what that means. And that's weird. And they don't have the maturity sometimes, even mm-hmm. if they're 30, to, to grieve mm-hmm. on their own. Mm-hmm. And so they, it's sort of like they get abandoned. Now, you never yeah. meant it that way. You never perceived it that way. In your heart and mind, you're still just as available to them as you've ever been. But you right. don't bring it up anymore. You don't talk right. about dad's death as nearly as much. Why? Because your new husband's in the room, and that's just yeah. a little weird. Yeah. And so you don't bring it up. Well, you used to. <laughs> so what does that mean? Are we forgetting dad? You, you could see how this spins in all sorts of directions. Right. Mm-hmm. Something is changing in the nature of your relationship with your kids. You got to admit that. You yeah. got to not only anticipate those changes, I say begin talk about them. Mm-hmm. So you give some definition to what this means and what it does not mean. You help yeah. your kids exactly. know you're still there. Yeah. Help yeah. your kids process through the change. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's so interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. um, not to keep turning some of these stories back on our own experience, but maybe it's therapy time with Ron right now. (laughs) You know, I I think back on, uh, I was one year old when my mom passed away. Hmm. And, uh, and then I spent time uh, living with my grandparents, my, my natural mom's parents uh, until I was almost seven. And, you know, I can, I can really, when I think back on it, I don't think until this moment I've ever actually thought about this, but we were grieving together uh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, because they had lost a daughter. They lost their daughter. Lost I lost mom. my mom. My, my grandparents, in a lot of ways, stepped in and parented me for those mm-hmm. years. Hmm. And then when dad remarried, uh, at, when I was around seven, the approach uh, was that we were going to leave all of that in the past and just uh, move on. Yeah. And, and, wow. And the memory of all of that was really just erased. And, mm. you know, I've, uh, my dad and I've reconciled and I, I love my dad and, and I want to honor him. And, um, uh, and that was a really tough thing for all of my siblings mm-hmm. and I, um, we couldn't just erase. I still, uh, even at this stage of my life, have lots of questions and wonder about mom and yeah. you know what was she like and what, what will it be like to meet her someday and and, and all of that see grieving uh, but, never ends but i really experienced that no mm-hmm. grieving no, never ends in particular for for children who are growing up yeah. wondering what life would be like had mom and dad not divorced or mom not died mm-hmm. right and, and so 
now, as a seven-year-old, you're thrust into grieving all alone. You sort of had somebody helping you along the way when you could talk to dad about it, talk to grandparents about it. But those conversations have gone by, uh, gone away, because there's a stepmom in the room. Yeah, Yeah, it was taboo. It's Mm -hmm. it's inadvertent, but you really can't do that to your kids. So the reason we talk about that in this in this book is to help you recognize that and say, wait a minute. Right. How now do I carve out continual time? Even though I'm dating, engaged, falling in love, mm-hmm. new families mm-hmm. coming, how do we um, carve out time for me to connect with my child again about their mom? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, so good. I, I I wish we could have done that when I was a kid, and mm-hmm. and and I don't think there was anything malicious about it. You yeah, know, I'm sure there wasn't. Were, they were trying to do the best they could and try to make you know decisions that they felt were wise. But just didn't weren't aware. Just weren't aware. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Well, let's let's talk about one other expectation. There's several in the book, but let's just yes. look at one more. This one I really love. Uh, you like you like holding uh, on to this expectation? Well, no, I, I went in with this expectation, okay, so I love okay. that you're calling it out in the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Things that trouble me will improve after the wedding. <laughs> Dun, well, da, it took da, 20 da. years, but improved. <laughs> Again, oh. maybe we're recalibrating the timing or the yes. to what degree will they will they kind of resolve themselves? Um, here's the big thing: I, I just I see a couple of big mistakes that uh, single parents make on the front end. One of them is, okay, we can repair what's been lost. No, you're not repairing. That's that's another unrealistic expectation. You're not right. repairing. You're sure. creating a whole new family with a whole new dynamic, and it's not going to be anything like the first. So you're not repairing right. at all. And the other one is, um, you know, these little minor irritants that I see in you as an individual before the wedding, yeah, love will make them fade away. Um, <laughs> but again, we got to think not just couple, but family. So... This mm-hmm. minor irritant I see in how you deal with your former spouse. Yeah, mm-hmm. not a big deal. Right. When the reality is <laughs> your yeah. new partner's former spouse is going to be a huge antagonist to your marriage yep. and right. your kids and your life, your quality of life, the, 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 you know, the conflict in your home that comes as a result of their influence in your home. Mm. Like you ought to look at that seriously before getting married. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's not going to get better. Let me tell you, weddings, funerals, births, and deaths um, exaggerate stressors in our right. life. They don't, they don't make them happy. <laughs> right. yeah. They make them worse. And so getting married and forming a new family and all the change that comes along with that is probably going to mm-hmm. end up exacerbating that thing with your yeah. new spouse's former spouse. Sure. Yeah. Don't yeah. turn a blind eye to that stuff. Yeah, definitely. I, I think we did to some degree. And, <laughs> and certainly, I mean, we still hear often oh, from so couples, it's like, oh, when when it's just our coupleness mm. and we're not dealing with our familyness, including our extended familyness. Yes, right. right. When it's just um, us. When it's just us, we're great. Everything's, Everything's wonderful. wonderful. <laughs> then enter the child or enter yes. an ex or, you know, whatever that might look like. All of a sudden, uh, it, it gets really, really difficult. And the wedding didn't make a difference yeah. for that. In fact, yeah. like you said, it exacerbated it. And now, now we're under one roof, mm. and we're experiencing it all the time. We can't get away from it. All, all of those elements come yeah. into play. I mean, you just hit on something. We can't get away from it. I mean, that mm-hmm. automatically ups the intensity. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it was an irritant the way you deal with your former spouse and the way she deals with you and the name calling and what you know that frustrates me for you. Now I'm going home. Right. (laughs) Have fun with that. Have fun with that. But now that we're married, oh, wait a minute. It's dinner time and your phone's ringing and you're going to answer it? No, 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 no. This is family time. Well, what do you mean you got to take that call? No, she shouldn't be able to interrupt our dinner. Mm -hmm. Well, she Mm -hmm. is. Like, that's reality. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Like we got to deal with reality. And again, my my encouragement in this book, preparing to blend, is that you get out in front of that kind of stuff before it ever happens. You get right. a plan. You have the conversation. You deal with. You try to figure out your game plan, and you start working on that now, mm-hmm. even before you actually get married. 
Yeah. yeah. And really yeah. examine your expectations and mm-hmm. what you believe. Mm-hmm. We had one stepmom tell us, yeah, I thought it was strange that the co-parenting was so enmeshed and, and you know, they communicated so much and the kids were moving back and forth every other day. And, mm-hmm. and but I really liked his kids and I really like his ex. So mm-hmm. I thought it would be great. But like you just said, once she was under their roof and in experiencing all this dynamic going on around her, it was Mm -hmm. like, wait, wait, this isn't okay with me. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just so important for you to Mm -hmm. examine what you're experiencing, what what you believe is going to happen. Yeah. I I loved that chapter. um, And partially because as a life coach, (laughs) I'm all about recalibrating expectations and examining the truth and saying, okay, how do Mm. we, how do we really take reality now in order to take steps forward to get into what you want to? I I think as a coach, the other thing that I really loved about this book overall, Ron, is the, um, how practical it it really is. I mean, it is packed front to back with, Mm actual um, practical steps, practical discussions to have. You call them growth activities Mm -hmm. throughout the entire book and every chapter has them. And I just loved how actionable this Mm -hmm. book is. I I might ask you a a bit of a challenging question. You know, you cover everything from expectations like we just talked about. You mentioned earlier, you know, planning Planning your wedding. wedding. Um, co-creating that familyness, anticipating what's going to change, you know, merging money uh, you talk mm-hmm. about, which is parenting. a big deal. Yeah, all of that. Parenting is huge. So for our discussion right now, if I could challenge you and say, okay, Ron, if I could only allow you to choose two things, wow. <laughs> two activities that you would yeah. tell every couple, you got to do this now, mm. what would those two yeah. be? Tell us about the, these growing activities and, yeah. and, and share with us the ones that you think are most impactful because they're spread throughout the book. Every Absolutely. chapter is just yeah. mm-hmm. packed with these growth activities. You know, I've been working with couples and families for... 34 years or something. And you I've done when you were like 10? Yes, <laughs> I did. I'm, dude, I'm just older than you think. <laughs> um, I have done a lot of premarital counseling and worked with couples in a lot of different situations. And, you know, I don't want to just talk. I want to mm. do. Right. And mm. so when I wrote this, I'm thinking, all right, this is going to be a pastor's tool someday to do premarital counseling with a pre-step family couple. Yeah. And if I just give them stuff to, you know, some ideas and concepts and they can just talk about it, here's what's going to happen. The couple in the midst of their fog of love and the <laughs> and the pastor in the midst of not knowing what he doesn't understand about step families, they're all yeah. going to say, yeah, right, that's it. Just, you know, that's the way you're going to parent, step parent. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But here's reality. When you start doing something with this concept, you uncover things you did not already know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to that end, that's why we created the growing activities, not just talk about it, actually do something. And here's my goal, increase the momentum of your relationships as you move toward the wedding. So you're not starting to become a blended family at the wedding. You've already got some momentum underneath you and you're running by the time yeah. the wedding happens. That is my goal. So good. So if I had to boil it down to two, um, one of them might <laughs> surprise you and I'll tell you why. And and then I'll, so here they are planning your wedding. And the second one is the chapter on co-creating terms, labels, how you're going to refer mm. to one another and talk to one another and about one another. Okay. So let me just unpack. Yeah. yeah. First of all, the wedding one. Um, when I started this project, I had this as let the last chapter in the book. Mm. Then I started looking into the research about the importance of weddings when it relates to a blended family specifically. Mm. And I went, oh my, I got to move this up. This needs to come sooner rather than later. This is not an afterthought. This is a strategy. Right. I mean, here's the thing. I'm convinced most people underestimate the importance of children having a say, A, in this whole family new thing coming. B, there's a wedding and you want me to be there. Well, what if I don't want to be there? Now you want me to do that? I don't want to play that role. I want to just be over here and do this. When you don't consider the children and their feelings and their thoughts and their wishes and desires, it's another bad 
experience for them in a story, a, a book of stories mm-hmm. of bad experiences where somebody yeah. made something happen they didn't want. Somebody died. Somebody divorced. Somebody walked out. I haven't seen dad in three months. It's another bad experience. But if you do this strategically in a way that includes the children, invites them to be a participant to whatever degree they're comfortable with, you are empowering Mm-hmm. A child who basically has had a series of disempowered moments in their life where everybody else made decisions and they just had to live with it. And mm-hmm. now they're getting a chance to contribute to it. Mm-hmm. Now, some kids are going to say, nope, I want to sit on the pew and I don't want to do anything. You guys get married. Other kids are going to bring great energy to the wedding experience and they get a marker in their life that will stand the test of time. The reason we have weddings, I mean, you can get married without a big shindig wedding. You can do that. People do it all the yep. time. They run to Vegas yep. and they get married. Yeah. <laughs> but when it's a big deal and you got pictures and you've got video and you've got uh, people who witnessed it and mm-hmm. they, and you got stories to tell about the wedding and the rehearsal and the after dinner and the cake, all of a sudden it's a marker in the ground right. where right. life changed. You've built a memory. Mm-hmm. You want your kids to have a marker in the ground where life changed mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. were a part of it. Mm-hmm. I I have been convicted. This is important. Yeah. And uh, and so we try to walk people through a process of figuring that out with their children right. so that they can have a great wedding experience. That, that's so great. I mean, I, I noticed, I think it was right in chapter one, you pretty well called that out as well. You're like, I did. Hey, if, you, if you're only a month or so away, like skip to that chapter. Skip right to the now chapter on the wedding. Check it out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then the other but, thing we said is, yeah, pretty much follow the course, the order of the chapters. Cause there's a, there's a, a method to my madness, but right. um, the wedding stuff, you can jump into that anytime you need to, because right. it's mm-hmm. important that you think through it. Quick, quick little story in the book. I, Months ago, while we were still doing the editing on this book, I floated the manuscript to a number of engaged couples and got some feedback from them. Mm-hmm. And one of the couples, I was it was so compelling, their story, that I actually included it into the chapter. And I tell this story. But essentially, they read that chapter and they said, oh, we had no idea how important a wedding was. We're, we were planning to elope. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not doing that anymore. Like, that's yeah. just out of sight, out of mind for the children. Yeah. They right. don't even get to be contributors or even see it or witness it. Like, we're just going to come yeah. home married? Like, how weird is that? So mm-hmm. they started regrouping. They started going through the growing activity with their children, had a series mm-hmm. of conversations, guided conversation that the book provides. And they and the kids basically said, no, we want to be part of the wedding. We want, we want to do this. Her two sons said, we want to give you away. Uh, so guess what? They walked mom down the aisle. Wow. When the question was asked, who gives this woman to this man? The response was, my brother and I. I mean, how cool is that? Oh, amazing. That would have never happened. Um, Her daughter, the the bride's daughter, became her maid of honor. Mm -hmm. Stood right there beside her, held her bouquet of flowers during Mm -hmm. the little family wedding ceremony. Mm -hmm. The entire family created this little idea where they had a blank canvas up on the uh, in front of the, and after they did their vows and exchanged rings, the entire family put some ink on their hand and they went over and they put their hand on this blank canvas oh. as if to wow. say, we're now putting ourselves to this new family story. Yeah. And that cool. canvas later had their wedding date imprinted on it and it hangs in their living room. Wow. Right, there's a marker. We get a visual it. symbol. Yeah. We're a family. Now, does yeah. that mean everybody loves each other the same and all the relationship? No. We still have a journey to figure out exactly the details of this, but we have symbols. Just like you have a wedding ring, they have a symbol in their living room, and everybody yeah. got to put their hand to this new family experience. I'm telling well, you, that's yeah. a game changer. Yeah, yeah, what a way to invite both the coupleness and the familyness mm-hmm. to merge into together this, into this point where we all say, Hey, you know, it's not necessarily going to be perfect, but we're in this together and here we go. Mm-hmm. And imagine so this, what would have been lost if they had run off yeah, and eloped. Yeah. Oh. Exactly. So the yeah. book does not say this is how you do a blended family. It doesn't say that at all. What it says is right. have a conversation right. and figure Talk out what it. what is important and relevant and to what degree do your children want to be involved. Try to honor that however you can. 
you know, mm-hmm. let them play the role they want to play. Sometimes they won't want to play any role. Okay, honor that. Now we're yeah. not forcing anything. Yeah. It just guides you through that journey of figuring it out together. Yes. Which brings me to the other chapter. Hey, before about, we move to that, yeah, Ron, sure. Can I just you can I add a thought into this? Um, I, you know, I know that a lot of people who are listening are. Um, I, I'd love to hear your feedback on this as well. Uh, are, a lot of people are well into their marriage, and mm. they're going, "That's great, boy. We missed it there. We didn't get. We didn't do that." Mm. Um, one of the things that you know, we included. Annika, Kim's daughter from a previous marriage, in our ceremony, we I think we just kind of lucked out. Uh, yeah. the, and just saying, we said vows. Hey, here's some to things her. we want to do. We wrote some vows to her. We gave her a necklace. She still has that necklace and 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 all of that. But another thing that we kind of uh, have done over the years is we've celebrated two anniversaries, one mm-hmm. in our familyness and one in our coupleness. Mm-hmm. And we've always included Annika. And it's interesting because we have two younger kids, mutual kids, mm-hmm. and they're not a part of that. Actually. And they, <laughs> they understand weren't. it. They get it. They, they really do get it. They weren't it. there. And, um, and so I, I think as I list, as I think about some of our listeners who are already married and, you know, uh, we don't want you to feel bad of, oh, gee, no. I missed the marker there. But I think at whatever stage you're at, if you think in terms of anniversary and, and mm-hmm. all that, right? I, depending on you know where your kids are and what your connection is and what their comfort level is of talking about this kind of thing, it's possible that you could go to a child and say, you know, I've been thinking, um, you you've been a part of this since day one, and maybe we've been you know together five years and we haven't really done this before, but this year. I would love for us to celebrate an anniversary mm. together mm-hmm. and and just commemorate uh, where we're headed and and start now building some of that inclusiveness with the kids wherever that maybe they're even adult kids um, but bringing them into that discussion and celebrating that and and doing something positive again there's so many things that go yeah. into where you are in this journey and all that but what, what are your thoughts about that ron absolutely in the book the smart stepmom i opened the book with a story about a woman and her husband who at year seven stumbled into a family moon is what they and the kids began to call it year seven they went to their this woman and her husband went to her three stepdaughters and said hey we're getting away for our anniversary And because of the work that they'd been doing over the past seven years, because of the crock-potting they've been doing Mm -hmm. and developing relationships, Mm -hmm. the kids said, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. We know that's your anniversary, but, you know, it's really the start of all of us. And uh, can we go with you? You know, Mm -hmm. and so this couple had that moment where they were like, no, we don't want you to go. It's just (laughs) us. And then they rethought it and they were like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. This represents a change. The shift has taken place here where instead of us having a hard stepmom, step kids relationship it's gotten better maybe we should celebrate what's changed and so yeah. they did they had a family moon a family anniversary awesome and and, and not necessarily even something they did every year but just that year it was symbolic right. and representative mm-hmm. of what has taken place yeah. that's the thing about rituals that's what they do here's yeah. the larger takeaway for anybody listening you know weddings don't come at the beginning of dating <laughs> no. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, wedding is the culmination of falling in love and making commitments. Mm-hmm. And then it's a marker in the in the sand and a line has been drawn and things are different now. Mm-hmm. Anytime, for any reason, you have one of those moments in your family. And maybe it's a, just a one-on-one relationship with one child mm-hmm. where you have gotten to, it's a culmination of a lot of work. By golly, figure out a way to celebrate that, celebrate to put a marker the in the sand. Make a little ritual. And it could be you and I are going to a baseball game. We're going to eat hot dogs all night long and we're going to have a great grand time because (laughs) we've 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 arrived. You know, something's Mm -hmm. changed. And Mm -hmm. and now you talk forever about that night you went to the baseball game and you just spent all that money on hot dogs and had a blast. (laughs) Guess what? That's kind of like a wedding, you know, in terms of the emotional (laughs) significance for your family. It represents something. Uh, yes. Those are those are great mementos to create. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that's awesome. awesome. Well, thanks for that feedback, Ron. Yeah. I feel I feel a, a little affirmed in what we. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> We're back to therapy with Ron. For that. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Ron. So so 
So we said, hey, if you had to pick two, uh, you know, what would those two? So the first one is the wedding. Tell us a little bit about the second one. Yeah, I'm just a firm believer in this chapter on co-creating labels and terms, what we're going to call each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, On the surface, this sounds like, okay, are you going to call me stepmom or smom or bonus mom or Miss Julie or uh, Julie (laughs) or dad's wife, Julie, or that's what it seems like on the surface. Yep. But what it means underneath the surface is we are bringing definition to our relationship in a way that you and I can agree together on what you'll call me and what I'll call you. Mm-hmm. And together we go forward from here. Mm-hmm. Right. You have problems when one person forces a label on the other. No, I'm, I'm not your stepmom. I'm your mom. Yeah. We got a problem immediately. You've just tried to erase and replace my biological mother and I'm not going to let you mm-hmm. do it. And now we have resistance. You just mm-hmm. made it worse, not better. That's what a lot of people do, unfortunately. And instead, how respectful to say, I will never try to replace your mom. Your mom is your mom. That's an important relationship. And that label is should be reserved for your mom. Now, if you choose to use that for me sometime, then I'm okay with that. But I just want you to know that I don't expect that at all, mm-hmm. ever. Right. Yeah. Now, let's talk about what you would feel comfortable calling me. And we're going to do it in different contexts, calling me at home, just around the house, mm-hmm. calling me at when you're introducing me to someone in public. Right. Mm-hmm. What are you going to call me when your mom is in the room and she exactly. can hear you? Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, there may be three entirely different answers to yeah. those questions. So you can see how important this conversation is. The child feels respected. They feel honored in their relationship with their connection to their mom. They feel mm-hmm. like I get a say in this. Um, well, I want to call you jerk, you know. No, you can't call me jerk. That's not <laughs> right. respectful. I can't right. go with that. Let's try something else. Yeah. Right. And we are co-creating our familyness today. Mm-hmm. Now, this is just where it starts. It didn't mean it's going to end up there. Someday, That the story I just told you about the family moon, that was year seven. Right. I ran yeah. into that couple um, 16 years after their original wedding. So what's that? Another 11 years later, after the mm-hmm. family moon, I ran into him again. Mm-hmm. And um, she told me for the first time, the stepdaughter she'd had the most trouble with had asked her if she could call her mom. Yeah. Wow. Now that was awesome. a long 16 year journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're yep. still trying to co-create familyness. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So I, that chapter is really helpful for people mm-hmm. and kids so that mm-hmm. they know what to expect from one another as they roll into being a family. Yeah, and you know, something I just heard in that story you told is keeping in mind as you're navigating that, especially early on, and, and you're right, you know, sometimes kids are like, well, I just want to call you, you know, by your first name, or mm. or even more formal, Mr. or Mrs. or something like mm-hmm. that. Keep in mind that as you explore that, this is going to be an ongoing conversation over the course of mm-hmm. your future. Yes. And it's probably it just a season right now, and yes. it likely will change. The more you nurture that relationship and it grows, the more intimate that label might become. Exactly. And so don't get don't get too hung up. Uh, at least my thought is don't get too hung up on right. this being forever because we're choosing this right yeah. now. And don't take it personal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which that's hard. That's yeah. easier said than yeah. done. But it is uh, it is something you have to keep your mindset wrapped what around. What I love about that chapter, Ron, is that you're getting to the nitty gritty of the awkwardness mm-hmm. of blending. <laughs> Yeah. Let's just call it out and talk yes. about it yeah. and get it up to the surface and help the kids manage this. Yeah. And it starts with a with the parents, the future step parents saying, Hey, I'm never gonna replace your mom. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about that. That's now right. that that's at, now that, that is out of the way, <laughs> let's just figure out how we're gonna get through the yeah. day. Yeah, right? let's get practical. And so mm-hmm. I, I you hit on it, Kim. Like we're taking it's awkward. And it's representative. Again, it's symbolic of we don't even know how to think of one another. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, everybody in the world who's ever been married has gone through this with their mother-in-law and father-in-law. All right. Yeah. I mean, how do you introduce them in public? <laughs> right. This is, yeah. well, here's my husband or my wife and here's my mother-in-law. Is that, is that what's comfortable? Do, when you say right. it out loud in front of her, do you, do you see her cringe? Like she's like, well, mother-in-law, that just mean. Well, I don't want you to call her mother-in-law. <laughs> and now you're going, oh, did I say the wrong thing? Like, no, yeah. let's just get all that out of the way. 
Mm-hmm. And let's have a conversation and figure it out together. Mm-hmm. Nobody asserts on top of anybody else. Nobody gets mm-hmm. pushed around. Everybody has a voice. Yeah. Let's figure out today. Well, tomorrow we'll figure that out tomorrow. But today, this is how we're going to do life. Yeah. Right. I think you could even talk about to take it to another level of awkwardness. Yeah. What do we do when we're <laughs> out in public and someone refers, like in our case, someone yeah. refers. Mm. To, to Mike is, oh, your dad can help you with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do we correct them or do we just let it go and not worry about it? Let's See, that's talk a about fantastic that. element to yeah. this whole dialogue. And what, I say to, and what I say to people in the book is, okay, we're going to figure out today. And oh, by the way, you're going to revisit all of this as mm-hmm. life happens. Right. Because right. the first time you actually introduce, uh, this is my stepdaughter, to the new school teacher or whatever. The first time you say it out loud, it might be so weird. Like we already talked about it. We said it was going to be okay, but I don't know. That just doesn't quite feel right yeah. to me. Or or I saw a look in your eye that made me think that you were not okay with that. So let's just mm-hmm. revisit that. Would we like mm-hmm. to amend whatever we decided? Guess mm-hmm. what? You're co-creating familiness. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the irony is this. You want to be a family. But most people won't actually talk about how we're going to be a family. <laughs> that is kind so of ironic, true. isn't it? Yeah. It's so ironic. And so it's, yeah. I'm like, hey, let's just pull that thorn and be done with it. Right. Have mm-hmm. the conversation even before you get to the mm-hmm. awkward moving in, making it real it. thing. Yep. And everybody feels honored and respected. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that awkwardness when you're in private in your you know your own space and it's just the you know two of you or the three of you or the five of you or what however you have that conversation, it's a lot less awkward there than mm-hmm. it is when you are mm-hmm. in public and someone's like, oh well, what does your dad think? And they're like, that's not my dad. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's awkward, right? That's yeah, awkward. Yeah, that's and awkward. it's almost. It's almost offensive at that point. It's like Kim was saying earlier. We, yep. Now we have something we have to unravel and try to exactly. repair. Yeah. But again, if we can prevent that from ever yeah. happening. We yeah. all have the common knowledge of how we're going to respond and yeah. react mm-hmm. when these awkward situations come up. Yeah, I mean, we experienced that plenty of times with Annika. And I loved when we kind of got to the st- stage or the season where rather than it eliciting a response... She and I just made eye contact and we kind of grinned at each other and we just mm. moved on. You know, that, what, what a great milestone that was for us. But I love but, how you lay it out in the book. Yeah. These are step-by-step conversations. Yeah. You you give the how to go about this. Yes. And I just, it's so valuable. Mm-hmm. It's so valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Wow, what a power-packed um, book. Ron, just so grateful for your investment Thank and you. your time and, and your creativity and all of that in, in the mm. midst of it. We're really uh, grateful to be able to talk to you about this today. Yes, it's mm. incredible. I have yeah. to say the story in the last chapter made me cry. I'll, I'll admit oh. it made me cry as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to give a spoiler alert yeah, here, yes. but uh, I was bawling. Yeah. It, mm. it was very a powerful. beautiful story, yeah. and uh, this book is just amazing. Yeah, so mm. powerful. Mm-hmm. Well, well, Ron, what what maybe final thing might you have to say to listeners about this? Um, let's close that premarital counseling gap for yeah. pre-blended sure. family couples. 75% get no training. Don't even read an article, let alone right. have a constructive conversation with each other or with any sort of mentor or pastor. Mm-hmm. We can change all that. With this book, you can just go through it yourself if you want to. It's even better when you sit down with Mike and Kim and go through it with them and let them coach you through this this uh, this book and the activities and what it means and how you can grow from it. I guarantee you, you will be in a different place as a family than if you don't do the activities. It will move you forward. It will give you information that you didn't have before, help you make better decisions. So. If it's not your life, hand it off to somebody else, share it with a pastor because they need to start doing a better job Mm -hmm. helping priests at family couples. We got to close that premarital counseling gap. Totally agree. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're invited to a bridal shower or even, even going to a wedding or, you know, any, anyone, you know, who's getting ready to blend a family. Yeah. Uh, what a great gift and how easy to give people access to that. Yeah, grandparents, if you're the yeah. parent of a, a 
adult child that's remarrying. Absolutely. This is a great gift. Yeah, that's it. I'm confident this is going to be a staple resource for us, uh, mm. like so many of your resources are, Ron. We really so, Ron, it. tell us, yeah. when does the book release? September 14th, 2021. Okay. That's when it's available uh, at wherever books are sold, as they say. You can pre-order it now at familylife.com or at Amazon. Dot com. I imagine Barnes & Noble has a pre-order as well. Awesome. And the official title? Preparing to Blend, The Couple's Guide. I, I wanted to say The Couple's DIY, Do-It-Yourself Ooh, Guide, but yeah. they wouldn't let me put that in there. <laughs> yeah. The Couple's Guide to Becoming a Smart Step-Family. Awesome. 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 Well, Ron, as always, it's really a pleasure Mm. to talk to you. Thank you so much for sharing with us uh, about this resource. Thanks for uh, joining us here on the show. Uh, We're so grateful for for everything that you do for Blind Families. We appreciate you so much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. And I love what you guys are doing. High quality stuff. Uh, People listening to you are getting value from Mm -hmm. your podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Ron. Thank we you, Ron. That. Okay, well, I'm sure some point in the future we'll find a reason to have Ron back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Ron. Wow, what a great conversation with Ron. Mm-hmm. He always brings such wisdom, and he's fun and really easy to talk with. Yeah, he's awesome. And by the way, just to let you know, Ron's new book is a really easy read. It's concise and right to the point and very action-oriented like you heard. Now, we trust that this conversation brought you value, whether you're just getting ready to blend or if you've been blending for a while. That's right. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. Mm -hmm. Remember to leave us a rating and a review, and that's going to make this episode a wrap. Until next time. 